0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world listening, hopefully, to our first ever guest-involved podcast. Yes, we're
1: so excited. Are you excited? Yes, but you have to say who we are as well. Oh, yes. What so
0: was- we are called Voices to Dream. And this is Richard Harris and this is Suzanne Mann. We have a absolutely spectacularly wonderful guest with us today, Debbie Rodriguez. Welcome, Debbie.
2: Thank you. Thank I'm you so, so happy to be the first guest. How cool is that?
0: <laughs> it's really, really cool. Debbie is really a world's known author. And it's so excited to have her insights onto quite a few things today. Uh, a little bit about writing, a little bit about her life, and a little bit about her amazing books. Um, and we're going to talk around a few ideas that are coming out of our dreams and how they relate to her dreams so we're we're really excited to have you Deb thanks so much for coming
2: you know what I'm I cannot tell you how happy I am to be part of this amazingly positive um podcast how cool is this thank you
1: thank you oh so exciting now before we before we get into stuff as we discussed in our last our first podcast, we're going to check in. So it's just a bit of a, you know, like a minute of how are you actually feeling right now? And I don't know if I should put Debbie on the spot first. I'm actually going to put Richard on the spot first, just so okay. that you get a bit of <laughs> an yeah. ease into it. Richard, how are you checking in this morning? I'm
0: checking in pretty well. I mean, the, the fruit smoothie went down okay <laughs> with the kale in it. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking reasonably healthy. I had a swim for the first time in... I don't know, months and months and months yesterday and it was wonderful. Uh, so I feel kind of a little bit like I'm back on the road to nice. being a little bit fit. Um, I'm very excited about being here with, with Debbie and yourself. I'm, I'm really feeling great about that and excited to hear what Debbie's got to tell us um, about her amazing life and her dreams. And um, Yeah, doing okay. I went out to a comedy show last night. Had probably one too many red wines, but here we are. We're, we're going well, so I'm checking in pretty well. What about you? Beautiful, Susan?
1: beautiful. Um, I am checking in really well. I, I know my my mum actually said sometimes I come off a bit too positive, but I'm so excited when I'm doing <laughs> when I'm doing the podcast.
0: Dragging it- us all up.
1: <laughs> it, it, it makes it, it fills me with joy and I'm so excited I love hearing people's stories and so I'm so excited to talk to Debbie yeah. and um yeah I'm a little probably a little bit maybe a little bit nervous but oh.
0: <laughs> no need for that a but, lovely relax
1: yeah here. well yeah. and I guess I guess I'm just, I'm hopeful. I'm really, I'm hopeful that people understand what we're trying to do here and that they listen and, you know, want to partake. So, yeah, so that's how I'm checking in. And how are you going this morning, Debbie? How are you checking in? Oh, except it's afternoon over there.
2: Right. Yeah, it's afternoon here. Um, It's funny because I kind of checked in with my girlfriend earlier today. And we were having the conversation. And I believe when I checked in with her her, the word says Debbie, you seem very unfiltered today. And so <laughs> I and so I don't know. I was thinking, yeah, I do feel like I am kind of speaking my mind, speaking my truth, where sometimes I will like say what other people want, want to hear. Right. And so I says, Oh, I am a a smidgen unfiltered today. And I thought, I don't know if that's good or if that's bad, but I'm, I'm in, um, I'm in Mexico. And so I have a business and we're really, really, really busy. And so by the, Middle of the season, I get a little bit tired. And so therefore I do believe maybe slightly unhinged, unfiltered. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But I think I'm 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 there, but in a not a bad way.
1: Beautiful. Well, I That's love a bit great. of unhinged. <laughs> yeah, we, we unfiltered is perfect. that's that's what this podcast is all about
2: being yourself yes and you do not need to be nervous because you know think of me as your hairdresser because that's what I am I'm a hairdresser always so it's just kind of if you were here we I could just be combing your hair and we would just be having a conversation and you know it would be like that
1: beautiful
0: (laughs) now Debbie probably doesn't need much of an introduction, but she is the author of the little coffee shop of Kabul, which my wife had um, around this house somewhere, I can't find it. But I'm going to I'm going to hunt it down in a bookshop and, and grab it and read it because she I know she loved it. I know many many thousands of people around the world have loved this book and um, the other other books that um, around at the moment Moroccan Daughter and the The Beauty Shop of Kabul. And I would love to hear a little bit more. Well, a lot more about your background, Devon. Tell us a bit about yourself. What tell tell me tell us what's going on?
2: Well, uh, first and foremost, my basically my life started out as a hairdresser. I'm from generations of hairdressers, and um, I think that's where I always find my grounding. Uh, I'm a hairdresser and that's, Mm -hmm. I'm the chatty hairdresser. I'm the unhinged hairdresser. (laughs) I'm the unfiltered hairdresser always. And so uh, that's kind of where things started for me. And that's why I went to Afghanistan and put in a beauty school. So therefore um, the book stuff came later because my focus was on the beauty school. I was there, uh, co-founded the beauty school in 2003, and I had always written, but I was never published, and I kept a very detailed uh, journal uh, of my life in Afghanistan uh, while I was doing the school, when I was working with the Afghans. It felt And the reason I did it wasn't because I thought I was this amazing writer or I needed to document my story or anything like that. I was still doing hair when I would come back home in the United States and I wanted my customers to come back to me. So I'd send these lengthy, lengthy emails and, you know, like we're talking at the, At the end of it, it was like four hundred and something pages of emails to my poor customers, (laughs) (laughs) and I just told them about my everyday life, and you know, and that is what became um, my first book. And then um, after I left Afghanistan, I I had opened a coffee shop in Afghanistan while I was there. I needed, I needed good coffee. I love the coffee. Uh, I, I, I mean, there's, I have nothing against Nescafe, but I was going to cut off my head. If I had to drink another cup of it, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Richard I, can totally understand. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like I, struggle. I thought one more day I'm done. I'm done. I'm over it. Was,
0: um, what, what was the coffee that you were actually craving was it was it um american filtered coffee or no, was it something no, 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 a bit no, no, more no 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 okay, a, okay. Uh, you, I mean, you are in mexico now so that yeah that's a no,
2: i i mean <laughs> yeah coffee has been i love good wine but i started getting headaches from it so <laughs> i <I'm, laughs> so but my coffee do not mess with me before my coffee do not talk to me before my coffee i need that really good um, yeah. that that moment you take your first sip it's like yeah. oh god Amazing. and so yeah and so yeah. that was so important to me plus i um i love creating gathering places yeah. safe places for yeah women for men for groups just just that safe place I wanted a gathering place for myself Mm -hmm. uh, that I could go to after dark without it being honestly without it being in a bar or restaurant and a coffee house is perfect you grab a book you Mm -hmm. can sit in the corner nobody cares if you're there and so I created my own gathering space and um, since Since all of this, I've written all together about seven books. Uh, The Moroccan Daughter is the last one I wrote. And I'm working on a new project right now. But my, um, I think, I don't know how, how to say this. I feel that my entire life from going to Afghanistan, from writing the books about Afghanistan have all bubbled up into this moment right now, because now I'm working on getting my staff and other vulnerable people out of Afghanistan. Yeah. So to me, the beauty school, the the books, whatever it is, are all for this one moment. And yeah. so I, I put it of my energy because it feels like such an important thing right now. So that's my my heart is right there every Mm. second of the day. And we've got so far 35 people out of Mm -hmm. Afghanistan. Most of them are my uh, past staff and Well, but never, never a day goes by without checking in, so to speak, mm. with them.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, Beautiful. Incredible. Mm. How, I mean, it's quite incredible to think that you just ended up in Afghanistan. I mean, obviously, that it was a little bit opening up after the Americans came in and, and you know, sorted out um, the, the um, Taliban regime at the time. But how on earth did you have the courage, or the,
1: mm.
0: you know, the the foresight, or whatever, to get to Afghanistan? Because
1: who says? America? Who says? I think I'll open a hairdresser in Afghanistan. <laughs> right.
2: So I was. Um, I at that time was in uh, an unhealthy marriage, and uh, I. I guess, in a a sense, I was putting focus on things other than myself. Mm -hmm. And when 9-11 happened, I saw these women. I saw them at the hands of the Taliban. I saw them being put into a truck and driven to the stadium the football stadium and being shot for the crime of basically being a woman i had my own anguish going on but something hit me so hard with them i thought i i have to go i have to be there i basically left the last words my uh husband at the time said to me was I because I left and he says well I hope you get killed in Afghanistan I said I would rather be killed in Afghanistan than spend one more day with you and I left (laughs) you are a strong woman I love it well I was you're done is done right and so but the thing is is my pain was resonating with their pain. And so as unhealthy as, I mean, I recognize it, right. I recognize that wasn't the healthiest place (laughs) to be doing anything, but it, 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 it just leapt me into that unknown environment because in the real world, what, what Who would say, I'm going to go to Afghanistan, and I think I'll put a beauty school in. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Afghanistan, I'm going to put a beauty school in, because wow. I didn't feel like I could lose anything. Mm. You know what wow. I mean? It was really weird. It was, and so it was all of that that gave me strength, It gave me courage, it gave the women were the most resilient people on the face of the earth. It made me feel like a big wuss, like, oh, (laughs) this is what I'm complaining about. Seriously. They taught me survival. They taught me resilience. They I leaned on them when I was weak. They gave me so much. That's mm. why now, it's like I feel like they saved my life. Wow. Right? Was so there, I think that's why now I am so passionate about helping them, about getting them free.
0: Yeah. Was there any clues from from uh, when as you were growing up or or earlier on that this could happen to you that you would be in that situation? Or oh, had you Possibly, traveled a lot? Or... Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've seen mean, a
0: bit of my, the world. Or...
2: I, I was always uh, a wanderer uh, mm-hmm. by nature. Uh, I was always, people say that I have a rescuing nature. <laughs> um, and so I was the child you know, in fourth grade that chained herself to the tree because how could you (laughs) cut this beautiful tree down at my bus stop to widen the road, right? No, this tree has been here a long time. I was the child that brought every animal home. And then when I got older, I brought every person home. Like I was, yes, I was that person always. And so- it wasn't so far from my roots. My mom was the same way.
1: Yeah, so amazing.
2: the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. I, and then when I would travel, I always found myself leaving whatever resort or whatever place. And I really felt uh, more tuned in if I was doing something maybe to help. Uh, like it's, it was hard for me to just sit on the beach, like, okay, let's go to the village and see what people may need. Mm. And that, that spoke to me better, that, that Mm. just fit me better.
0: Mm. Fantastic. Mm.
1: I think,
2: well, and it comes across, it comes across
1: in everything you do on on your Instagram page, you can see that. And, and in the book, I think, you know, that's, well, uh, it comes across your heart, your heart and your helping nature and your love of people. That's what I felt. And I have to say this is just this is about me, but I, um, you know, when you get goosebumps when things happen, well, I call them God bumps. And oh. <laughs> and I have to say I've had God bumps all through this podcast already. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, you've got amazing stories. I think know. it's I think it's beautiful. I mean, you know, I really
2: a, feel. I feel that I I try to I always feel like I'm somewhat intuitive or have um, something within me t- that I listen to the inside of me. I don't typically know what to do, but my insides do. My insides can. Uh, Often they have put me in a situation that feels unusual or, you know, possibly, I don't want to say dangerous, but unconventional, unconventional. I've made poor choices. I've made good choices, but it's, it's, I'm not afraid to follow my heart in a sense I, I'm, as I'm older, I find that my heart's a little smarter than it was. <laughs> with, I feel my, I lo, I've learned to follow my heart in a way that doesn't, I'm not going to, I, I want to say this, right. Doesn't involve a man. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that as we're younger, we tend to follow our heart and we think that follow that is our heart. But it's learning to take that and push that wherever it needs to be. But listening to your heart, listening Mm -hmm. to your soul. And I think that's what I've learned as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm.
1: Definitely. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're definitely my kind of woman. (laughs) 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 I feel like we could actually, we could go on for days I want to chatting with you, you about your
2: where, life where are you in australia we're oh in sydney yeah oh okay in, uh, okay yeah,
0: in the leafy suburbs of northern sydney
2: oh nice Yes.
0: Yeah. we have to uh, we,
2: we well we're typing close over to the
0: beaches we've only got 42 <laughs> beaches here in sydney yeah. have you been to australia Debbie?
2: i have not but ah. i i have to i keep <clears> i keep saying i have some friends that live here in Mazatlan that are from Australia that haven't been able to get back actually. Oh, yeah. And but I keep saying, what's the fastest way to get there? There is no fast way. No. To get to Australia. <laughs> to to, I have, uh, I have tried Dallas to, it Dallas, really, LA. Yeah. is it LA to, to Sydney? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's 13 yeah. hours uh, flight from LA,
0: but oh, you got to get to not LA. That bad. <clears throat> not too bad. Not too bad. Oh,
2: I can do that.
1: No. <laughs> well you are going to put us on your list for when you come when Absolutely. you come down there <laughs> and we have to well we do our taping we do our ta- this our tapings at Richard's house because I have three kids and two really noisy dogs so <laughs> right
2: well I'm it's a lot quieter yeah, I here. live right on the streets of Mexico so pretty soon you're going to hear vendors coming by somebody's oh. selling tamales I mean you just, you, I'll, I would I'll, love I'll, to hear I'll that. Open the door so you can hear that. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been in, in Mexico, Debbie? Since
0: two thousand nine. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So you must be you must love it there.
2: I, I, you know, I really do. It's yeah. a warm, beautiful culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's on my bucket yeah. list of places to go as well.
0: I've got a, I've got and a you Mexican need to chapter. come see
2: me. I'll show you all of Mexico when you guys get here. I'll show. I love to drive everywhere. I love driving. I love road trips. I'll drive you everywhere. (laughs) I
1: love it. Road trips.
2: (laughs) Fantastic.
1: Okay. Well, another part of our podcast is the dreaming part, and this is where we wanted to be able to get our have amazing people come in and sort of like envision. Well, we're, we're, it's sort of inspired by Richard's book, Imagine, because we're envisioning what the world really could be like, what it would be like if we were compassionate, cooperative people. And because it's all in, it, that's inside all of us. And so I was just going to read a little excerpt from the book and use that a bit as inspiration and then have a chat with Debbie about what we could do if we ruled the world, because right now we're ruling the world <laughs> and you know how can we make this happen how can we make some of these changes by changing some of the systems in the world so i'm just going to read this a little bit so this is from this book imagine and just to and this is from the chapter one of the chapters on afghanistan so this is what i guess our hope is that potentially afghanistan could be like And then we're gonna discuss maybe what it is like and how we could get there. So this is set in one of the mosques um, in the future, let's say. One man said that he only felt really fulfilled in his life when he was prepared to be generous with his love and give it away. It seemed to Joe that everyone was doing precisely that. They were giving their thoughts, dreams, and love away to each other in order to understand better and in doing so, making them whole again. So strange, he thought, to see a culture turned around so quickly. No more was there a question of women being inferior or beholden to men. The obvious confidence and expectations of females was exhilarating. And the men had thrown their cultural barbarity into the fire and had learnt that now an equal footing, total respect and a listening heart created much better relationships and partnerships in life. This meant that their children would be brought up in a house of discussion, compromise, negotiation, and equal rights. Joe could not have imagined a more enlightening conversation than this. He was able to shed tears of joy. Can we, can we do, what can we do? What can we do, Debbie? And What's your take is on this? So it's beautiful.
2: This- it's like I feel like a big baby right now. But that just touched me <gasps> oh, so deeply right
1: yeah.
0: now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! I didn't expect that. <laughs> You're making it's, my eyelashes fall off. <laughs> well, it, it, is, it's, it is, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's, I mean, this is oh. the world,
1: this is where all along, so this is how I came to know Richard. After yeah. reading this book, I said to him, this is the world oh my I want my, my kids to grow up in. I want to live in this, this world.
2: touched my heart in a way. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to weep on this show. No. I want that so bad for the Afghans. Because they love their country Mm -hmm. so much. They really do. They want to be in their country. They want their food, their sounds, their smells. They want all of that. And it's all just been snatched from them. And Mm -hmm. they're fleeing to every corner of the earth when all they want is to be home. And that it's breaks heart. my heart. Mm. And so what you what you just read to me, Richard, what you wrote, is the most... if I could wish anything, that is what I would wish, because these people, the Afghans, deserve that. They are the kind, generous, loving, caring, resilient people that do not deserve what they're getting.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
2: deserve what you just wrote. And my prayer to the universe, to whatever God people pray to, this is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And how do we get there? People like you, positive people like you, these books like you're writing. People loving the Afghans. I I get so frustrated because I want this so badly for them. I've never wanted anything so badly in my life. Mm. And so I I you you've touched me. That passage touched me in a way that I I don't even know. I don't even it rattled me. It rattled me. <laughs> You do, you yeah. rattled me right there. I wasn't <laughs> I read that. You sent me that. And I read it, but for some reason just now it had just hit me like mm. a brick. Mm. I wish I knew the answer.
0: Cuz you have leaped it. I mean, you mm. you yeah. know, you know. I mean, I've done research and I I I've never been to Afghanistan. I would, it's just such an amazing country from, from I've done a lot of research on it, but it's so incredible, but you've lived it. I mean, it's and you've known people and you've made friends with them and, and yeah. you've helped people, and it's you know, that's just such an incredible mm. perspective on, on all, all of this.
1: Could it could it ever change? Like, could these could the women, you know, could they start to know, see women you know? in this
2: way? Um, I don't know. Right, you know, it's such a hard time right now. Uh, I think that's what we all thought we were going towards. That's mm. the sad part is is that's where we were going. That's what we were teaching. That's what we were saying. Use your voice. Love each other. Mm. Da da da. All that, and you know that's when all of a sudden the rug was ripped out from under them. So now mm. we have to. We're starting over. And the thing is, is there has to be hope mm. because yeah. there. Ha- There's nothing more hopeful and more resilient than an an Afghan mother, Mm -hmm. right? Because they are, they will love, they will train their children and their rights have been ripped away. And so, but I believe in these people. I believe in their resilience. I believe in their care and their compassion and i believe that the that they will they will persevere and they will teach their children love and it's going it's a hard road ahead but there is a road ahead mm-hmm. This is tough this is a tough time that's why probably your passage in that book kind of hit so hard just because I don't know, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no easy solution.
2: No, no. I'm, I'm, there, at there the is,
0: moment, but there's there's people that are that are thinking. I mean, every Afghanistan that's probably left, as you say, they just think about home. They think mm-hmm. about how they could be there happily, but that's such a hard thing because maybe a lot of them won't be able to go home for a long time.
2: Right. Well, you know, I was. I was talking uh, to a church group yesterday that is sponsoring Afghans in, in the United States. And you know, one thing I was saying, you know what they want is they wanna be home, their home with their food mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I mean, like I wanted my coffee. And so it's like, what can you do to make them feel like home? in a foreign land and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we're just trying to work through that because it's gonna be the children of the people who have left that will go back. They will go back. And that's what had happened before, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they people came back to Afghanistan and really were working hard to make it uh, a place for women to yeah. be leaders and mm. education.
0: How, how good did it did it get in that period? Like when you were there, like how how much improvement <laughs> did you see? And can you just tell me a little bit about the feeling of being in Kabul, the kites and the markets? And-
2: I, you know, I loved Afghanistan. I loved the sounds. I loved hearing. I loved the call to prayer. That to me was, you could hear it echoing from all different, like if you were, you could hear it from all different mosques in Mm -hmm. in certain areas of the city. You could hear the, and I think that's something, you can hear the vendors. I think that's one reason I love Mexico so much is because Mm. you can hear it. I love hearing where I'm at. Uh, I love smelling where mm-hmm. I'm at. And that's what, you know, sometimes the smells weren't that, you know, the water <laughs> buffalo coming through the street wasn't always the best smell, but it made you know you were experiencing a country on all your senses mm-hmm. versus, yeah. you know, I, and I like that. And I think that's what I like about Mexico too. You're smelling it, you're seeing it, mm-hmm. you're hearing it, you're mm-hmm. tasting it, right? Yeah. The food is so important. And, you know, I was talking with my girlfriend, who is also, we were in Afghanistan together and also working the evacuations together. And the one thing that uh, we both said is, we lived a little bit on high alert, which Mm -hmm. makes you kind of, it's not a, a good way to always be but it makes you feel alive. Like Mm -hmm. you feel so alive there. Your senses, it's like your nerve endings are tingling. Um, Because you death, it could be closer than normal, right? Uh, Going to the market wasn't like, I'm just going to run to the market, right? Like you had to, plan your route. And you had to think about things, right? Mm. So you were very conscious of life. You were very conscious of danger of death. Uh, You also felt like you could do more good in one day than what you could do in your entire lifetime. Wow. And Mm. like, the, for me in the United States, I could, things like this would happen. I would come home and there would be a person at my gate and it would be somebody who was dying. And I'm like, you know, this was like a young woman who was sick. They didn't know where to take her. And I was I, what do you do? You don't leave them on your gate. Right. Mm. And uh, I could find a doctor that could do a surgery, you know, Mm. I could find help. And so I remember one, one young woman had um, a bowel obstruction and we were able, she was skin and bones, but for, I think it was $400 were able to get her the surgery she needed to live Mm. and then she was able to go to the beauty school
1: so I
2: mean so it was just like you knew you were there for a reason you knew you were there to make a difference you knew you were there to help so that's what you did so you Mm. lived every day like that where Mm. sometimes I think in when you get very self-involved in your own world, like when I was living Mm -hmm. in the States, you're not living for that. You're living to pay your bills. You're, you know, uh, you're living for multiple reasons, but because we didn't have that much in Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like we could go shopping, Uh, you know, really. It wasn't like we're gonna go to the mall. Uh, So we would fly to Dubai so we could go shopping, right? But then that was like that really joyful moment when you're in a mall or at a grocery store that has more than two options for cereal or whatever. You appreciated everything, everything. Everything, gratitude for everything. And so that was, I think Afghanistan gave you gratitude. You were, you were, you felt gratitude for, a, you know, a toothpaste for yes. soap, for just simple things, mm. for a good cup of coffee. Like, oh my goodness, this mm-hmm. is amazing. And mm-hmm. you tasted it. And so, um, and just being able to be with, I, you know, you felt frustration too, right? Don't get Mm. me wrong. Uh, There was the way systems would work. Um, Mm. Something always says Afghanistan was so easy, much easier when you didn't have to get anything accomplished. And Mm. so trying to get something accomplished sometimes was super frustrating. Mm. But um, yeah, it was.
1: There was something that I wanted to actually read from your book, Debbie. Then I, I just wanted to ask you about as well because I, I did I put a I put a big post-it note and put little <laughs> stars on this section, <laughs> but it was when um, I don't know if I'm saying his name properly, but I think it's Bashir Hadi is talking, yeah. and he says, um, well one of the one of the other characters is saying, don't you want to modernise the country? Don't you want the country to be better? And he says, of course I do, but from the inside out. I want Afghans to change Afghanistan. And then he says, I'm tired of everyone treating us like we're babies in our mother's arms. We can figure this out ourselves. Yeah. And I guess I thought that that really struck me. And I thought, again, it made me think (laughs) of how you know, we all, everyone else comes in and just tries to fix it, you know, and you talk about that in the book, you know, that, that they, should, they should grow tomatoes rather than growing their opium, you know, right. that, um, but, but there hasn't been this thought behind it and people aren't actually asking the people who are there. And, you know, do they, I guess that was, I just thought, how, how, how do they feel about that and how do you feel about that? Is this something that needs to be worked on from inside out?
2: Well, we see what happens when we try to fix it, right? Mm. Like we've just seen a perfect example Mm. of what what happens, right? Mm. Um, You know, it's. I think it's really important. There was there's a book, and you know, I have I've read parts of it, but it's when helping hurts. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that there it is important that the Afghans and, and, and in any country, really, um, they are part of the conversation. Uh, I, the book I wrote, um, Island on the Edge of the World, deals with this a lot because uh, it takes place in Haiti. Mm. and and it's basically when helping hurts and Mm. when we are doing what we think is good for them Mm. and you know we're building the in in Haiti the wooden houses on a, a fault line or where You know, hurricanes can take it out or, you know what I mean? It's like, Mm. thank you for that house, but that's not going to stand for very long. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think, first of all, Afghans are not stupid people. Mm. They know what they want. They may not always have the resources to get where they need to be. But they need to be a part of the conversation. They need to be, the Afghans need to be directing this conversation
1: mm-hmm. of
2: how they want their country. They've they've been invaded so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been fighting for so many years. You know, they're tired. I mm-hmm. mean, what, we all are tired. And so, yeah, I think that it's, the Afghans are going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know there it's like anytime any of us are trying to figure out sometimes it needs to have some guidance uh, mm-hmm. you know some people that are s- experts but doing like I found that when I first started with the beauty school the one thing that I knew was that we weren't bringing something into Afghanistan that wasn't already there. First of all, they are very particular about their hair and their makeup. You mm-hmm. think because they're veiled or they're under mm-hmm. burqa, they don't have eyelashes on or they don't have their makeup on. <laughs> you are completely wrong because yeah. I mean, they are beautifully, uh, coiffed so to speak and so we weren't bringing anything new in but in the very beginning we were kind of teaching our way like okay this is this is the way we do makeup um you know and it was after the first couple classes um it's like okay let's get Now that we've got some Afghans that have gone through the program and they've been with me now for a while, let's, let's rework this. What do you need? Like once we kind of got a handle on how to do a school Mm. and this, that, then it was, what do you need? What, you know, when somebody said uh, they were going to give me funding, they said, what do you need? And they said, for your school, what do you need? I said, I need eyelashes and eyeliner. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, that's what I needed. Like, yeah. because that's what they needed. Because yeah. I, they needed to go out and be able to make money. And their money was in wedding hair and makeup. And mm-hmm. to ignore that and, that, and let me tell you, that's a lot of eyelashes. a lot, lots of eyelashes. I mean, really, I mean, it was so, I mean, we never even thought about that in the beginning, right? It's like, okay, well, we're going to teach them how to cut hair. The money was in that wedding hair and wedding makeup. That's where the money was. And so once we heard from our students, what can we do? what would what do you need you've now just graduated they said well this is fantastic but we still can't make any money Mm -hmm. right like we we just learned how to do a haircut but who are we doing that haircut on because they we need to know how to do updos we need to do you know what i mean so it's really interesting when you listen listen Mm -hmm. listen listen that is the key
1: you can pretend you know what's going on, what she's talking about yeah. here.
2: Yeah, he's like, he's <laughs> doing the totally big really
1: nod. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Up-dos. Yeah, yeah. Totally I'm,
0: totally, I'm totally getting <laughs> it. I'm totally in the Australian
2: you know, makeup style. Make he's like, eyelashes, I don't you know believe I didn't mean yeah, to. So, Richard, we're going to just do a check-in. <laughs> <laughs> just is a check-in now. <laughs> no, But you know what I, So I, what I, have you learned? <laughs>
1: quite a lot well i love that i mean for me what i'm getting out of that is like from a systems perspective of changing the world you know trying to make this world a better place it's well again it's having conversations and having conversations with the people that it's actually affecting you know Mm -hmm. like asking people asking people what do you need i i i think that's amazing and um you know and, and maybe that's a step that governments are forgetting
2: Well, I think that's really, like, that was the thing I, uh, I wish that I had, I had really grasped that completely uh, right from the beginning was Mm. finding out what they need and how they can implement it themselves. Mm. And as time went on, we, we got pretty good at it. Mm. But um, like, for instance, right now, I have, you know, quite a few families that I've moved out that are waiting to get to their final country. And it's all hairdressers. And these are families of hairdressers who I trained, who trained their daughters who trained their daughter-in-laws wow. who are now training their grandchildren mm. and so they're doing exactly what we had hoped would happen mm. in something as simple as once i got that they need to do the training I gotta stop. I'm training them my way. When they mm. took over the training, and they became the teachers, mm. the world opened up.
1: Yeah, wow. it's empowering, isn't yeah. it?
2: It's beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's what it's about empowering people. Yeah.
1: So but- you, you
0: triggered this sort of series of positive events mm. that that's just carried on We'll carry on. Mm. It's fantastic. But I had
2: and to step it, out of the way, though. Yes. Sure. Yeah, they've taken right? hold of like it. Like I had to stop micromanaging. I had to stop thinking of my way as the right way and yeah, let yeah. them tweak it out to their way. Yeah, and yeah. getting out of your own way, that getting out of the way was huge. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, I love
0: it. So have you incorporated some of the their traditions and your style now is that something that you have
2: you know what I did it was kind of funny because you get a little bit out of touch when you're living there with um like say fashion in in yeah. um you know the west so to speak and you would get off the plane and thinking okay I look different <laughs> and so you had to <laughs> like switch ugh. switch bag <laughs> a little bit no I I uh I still wear I know Richard I you're never going to understand this I still use you know how they do the coal for yeah, the yeah yeah I still use that
1: ah and it doesn't run does it run when you're
2: crying no or? no I mean because ah, no but I beautiful. still use that which is like something and I know probably I sh- I shouldn't be, but it's like a part of Afghanistan that I keep with me like every day. Like I use it every day for when I do my makeup and which is so odd, but it just like, is just a little bit of them with me. Do you think it lines even better
1: than like a liquid? It line does actually. <laughs> um, it I might need to try like, some.
2: Yeah, it's oh. hard to get, but it does the top and bottom yeah, uh, lid uh. at the same time. Yeah, I oh, I love
1: it! it. That was totally, t- <laughs> totally for the girls. Yes, Richard, totally for the you women. You
2: must try that. <laughs> you know, watch great. the Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia sort of movies. You all see the men have their coal, the cold uh, eyes too. Yeah, right. Her. And they put the coal on the babies. Like right at birth. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So it's like really, it's uh the goal was to keep uh, the evil eye away. Ah, beautiful. Mm. I love it when yeah. it has
1: deeper meaning as well. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Deb, Debbie, we haven't talked too much. I mean, a little bit about your writing, but tell us, tell us about your writing experience, how you do it, um, what you're working on. What tell us a little, uh, tell us all about your your experiences. And
2: um, for me for me uh when i'm like when i want to when i'm i'm looking for a story or usually i can't write something until i have possibly lived a story Mm -hmm. i or a part of it where it will maybe trigger uh I, I'm, the, I'm the person who can be uh, at the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles, right? Sitting, waiting to get your driver's license or whatever it is. And I can look at all the people sitting there because you're there for hours and I can weave a story about each and every one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, creating characters uh, I always say that I have um, baskets and I will, cause I, I still do hair, right? And so people are still telling me their stories and I'll say, Can I use that one? (laughs) I was going to say, you'd have to watch out what you tell you. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm pretty careful. I have always asked permission if it's like a really, really good one. And then I throw it in like a basket. Right. And I throw people's stories. I, I take, um, people's, the way they look, the way they dress. I throw it in a basket. I, I collect characters, like based on original, you know, based on real things that have happened, based on real people I've met, all this sort of stuff. And then when I begin to tell a tale, uh, I, I will unpack them and and I have to see if they fit. And so a lot of it is like putting a puzzle together. You've got to have that perfect location with a perfect story uh you know with the characters that mesh well together and it's like you audition them and oftentimes they get kicked out or somebody is needs to be stronger and so that's for me a lot of it even before any writing takes place you're auditioning uh characters and stories and i'm I am, I'm very, I, I, I can tell a story really well. And so I will sit and I always have friends that I say, can I, can I tell you my story? Can I tell you what I'm working on? And I will tell them the story. And if I can hear myself saying it, I think, Oh my goodness, that just doesn't work at all. So like, I, I tell the story many, 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 many times before I really put, I I take notes and stuff like that. But before I start anything like I've got as a hairdresser, I'm a storyteller because Mm. we've got, I mean, again, Richard, you're going to be out of this one. You know, when you're doing a head of foils, you got like three, four hours that you have with people, <laughs> you need to be able to tell a good story to keep them engaged. Yeah. Like that's a long time. And so I can tell when I'm telling a story out loud that resonates real, that mm. I I don't want. I'm not a science fiction writer. I want every character to resonate real. The, the Little Coffee Shop, that is a fiction book. But mm. does it not feel real?
1: Oh, it so feels real. There is so much of it that I'm like, oh, are these people real? Does Sunny does feel like me? Um, well, once you told me that you'd started the coffee shop yourself, I'm like, oh, I bet she's... And, and actually, even just then when you said that you love driving, I'm thinking Sunny loves driving. I know. <laughs> now, how do you
0: go... Like, you, you've been very productive, seven novels, uh, seven books. You must have a discipline to that. What's the secret to He wants to, to know that? this for himself. Oh, no.
2: I, I, oh, I, I know I'm it not. for the world. I am... I am... I am... <sighs> No, I don't. It depends on what I'm doing at that moment, right? Like in my researching and whatever it is I'm doing, like I can uh, can be super hyper-focused, right? Mm -hmm. And I can, this is weird for me. Um, I tell you, I like the sounds, right? Mm -hmm. Sounds, because typically all my books take place in locations that have lots of sounds, lots of smells, lots of sensory things. Right. And so um, here for me, I will open my door because like, if, if I could take you to the next room and you'll see that I have a three foot sidewalk and a street. I literally live on the street. Like there's no yard. I'm in central. I'm like in central historical. I am on the street of Mexico. And so I do have all the sounds. And so sometimes when I need to get that feeling, I can open my door and I can I can smell the smells. I can I can I can hear the whistle of the guys selling sweet potatoes and, you know, um, plantains and that sort of thing. I can I can yeah. smell that. And so that for me helps. Um, I typically do most of my writing in the summertime because oh. it's really super hot here and that yeah. way you can kind of be inside and, yeah. But no, I mean, it it all depends on what I'm doing. When I have to be really disciplined, I can do that. Uh, And I try to, um, because I still run a spa. I have a spa in Mexico. So Ah. I'm I'm still going to the spa. You're a
1: busy woman.
2: I am busy. (laughs) Like I always say, I have three full-time jobs. Like I... That's why I was feeling unfiltered because like I have three full-time jobs. Yes. It's yeah. like, okay.
1: <laughs> Plus you're a grandmother, aren't you? Which I, I, am. I, I don't I believe because I'm like, she's just not old enough to be a grandmother.
2: Oh,
0: well. <laughs> Sadly, oh my I goodness. Oh, wow.
1: Well, I just wanted to bring, I'm sorry. Oh, to interrupt. I, yeah. You go. I just wanted, you go. wanted to, I wanted to just bring back one thing because with the podcast as well I wanted to well my hope was that we could leave people with an idea of what they could do wherever they are around the world whether you're in Australia whether you're in Mexico America something that you could do to make make a, make this dream this imagined life come true today in your own space does that make sense does that make sense? And I guess, I mean, I guess relating to trying to relate back to, you know, whether it's gender equality and, you know, bringing children up in, you know, these in a, in a place where they actually are able to communicate, you know. Um, I just thought I would try and get a bit of input from both of you, actually, mm-hmm. you know, as to what we could do today to leave our listeners with. That's something that maybe they could just bring to the forefront of their mind and go, Well, you know, that might, maybe that's not changing something in Afghanistan, but that's changing something here, which then could ripple effect, change something over, overseas. Well, Well, my,
2: my, my my first thought is, is, you know, I'm all things Afghanistan right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would tell people that every corner of the earth right now is uh, having refugees from all over the world, not just Afghanistan, right? Mm-hmm. And choose kindness because Ooh. wherever it is, whether I say you lose you you lose your house in a fire or you have to flee your country, or you are getting out of a bad marriage, or something. You don't know people what they're really going through. Mm. But choosing Mm. the kindness towards others, I think that is you do not know really the person in the grocery store. You do not know what they just walked out of you don't know if they need just somebody to be kind to them that moment that second to bring their world different that they can take it home to their children that their children can take it to their school kindness like just being sensitive that maybe your world feels really good right now but maybe you need to just like put your arms around like, like a big hug, being kind. I think people can make that choice to be kind yeah. and non-judgmental. And you know what, who cares what religion anybody is? Who cares how anybody dresses? Who cares what color their skin is? Who cares the level of education? Be kind. Mm-hmm. And- uh, that to Great. me is huge yeah. oh debbie i love that and that's and so everyone
1: can do that everywhere in the world today yeah how do you how do you follow up after oh, that that's
0: pretty that's amazing <laughs> I, I love i love that debbie that's it's just so uh you know just to, to see things from other people's perspective mm-hmm. i think the only only other thing i was going to add was not to be scared of of interacting yeah. with people that are that are in that, that have been through that sort of situation of, of trying to you know, keep your, your your ears open, and you know maybe reach out a little bit to people that are have are sort of displaced. And I don't know how easy that is in practice, but but yeah, I mean, if if we just have a bit of a think about that, and mm. you know maybe we a few of us at least can can reach out a bit more and I mean, listen I, to people.
2: And I think that for I mean, people are always asking me, "What can I do? What can I do?" You know. You can see if there's any displaced people in your community. You can donate clothes that, you know, you can do something. Everybody can do something. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, your neighbor, you don't know. I mean, if you don't, if you do not seek it out, you will never know. If you don't open your eyes, you can choose to live in your own little la-la land and, and not choose to. Because if you see, if you truly see, that means you probably should do something. But it's mm-hmm. so much easier to not see yeah. because then you don't have guilt, right, mm-hmm. for not doing anything. Not seeing is so much easier. And I think that that has been an issue for me, because, like, I do want to see, sometimes I want to see too much, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think that if everybody could just see a little bit. Mm.
0: Are, are you having, um, just sort of a slightly different talk, but are you having success in getting people out? And is that, is that kind of working? And or is it? If it's littered with no, tragedy it is. As well,
2: um, I have. I. I'm so. Well, I have a nonprofit organization called Oasis Rescue, and so we have been successful um, of getting. Uh, right now, like I said, we we've gotten thirty five people out. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them, in fact, all of them at this point are uh, my staff and their families. And um, we're also working with high-risk women, female activists, um, Mm. you know, women.
0: Sensitive.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that will um, have issues in their current Mm. situation Mm. and so yeah we've been we've been successful but the we have one thing we have learned that things can happen but it's expensive yeah you know it's not like in the the days where people could get evacuated on that magic flight out to you know uh, those that kind of those days are done and so now everything costs money and so right. we we raise money, and we are um, we're getting people to safety. Is and there I'm, a website,
1: or so? Is there uh, a yes Oasis it's, Rescue
2: website, or yeah? www.oasisrescue.com. Beautiful, beautiful. So, yeah, and, and so and that and money it,
1: goes. Yeah, that money goes straight to it.
2: A hundred percent goes to we are our board and everybody who's working uh, with the projects. We're all volunteers. Hundred percent goes to um, the Afghans. Hundred percent. And Beautiful. so, yeah, it's 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 uh, it, it's exciting. It's scary sometimes uh, when they're crossing, when they're get, trying to mm. almost getting out. And it's like I'm up all night waiting for that text. And you know, they have it to sounds- survive in another country mm. for a while. Until they can get their their the country they're going to wind up being in their final country.
1: Yeah. So. Wow, I love that you've. I don't know. I feel like you've um, personalized Afghanistan more for me today. You know, oh. made, made made it feel. You know, because so often it's just this thing on the news. You know, right. you de- you depersonalize it. You you forget about the people that are there on the ground. And yeah. bringing, bringing that back and remembering that there are people right. just like us, you know, as well. And I, and bringing that heart back into it. Um, I've really appreciated that today. So,
2: you know, what? And thank you. Thank you for um, taking the time to hear about Afghanistan and for listening to me. I mean, thank you, and and Richard, I'm telling you, I can't believe you made me cry. You know,
0: you made me cry.
2: I'm telling you. I mean, I just don't. I hate it when that happens. Kind of, it's like I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh my beautiful, my eyelashes are going to fall off (laughs) because it's all about the eyelashes today, right?" (laughs) (laughs) It's so beautiful. I
0: that was really. uh, I was very touched by that that you reacted like that i mean it's amazing but Mm. yeah it's i mean to to be able to write and to get people to feel emotions is an incredible thing and i'm sure you've enjoyed that and people have enjoyed your books around the world and it's amazing Mm.
2: and thank you guys for all you're doing and for the i love the positive i love the the joy you guys are just really amazing
1: thank you Uh, thank you you. and I must say and I know this sounds sounds like a total plug for both of you but it totally is because I love both of you in reading both of these books I felt like I really was you know this one gave me a total totally new vision of really what's going on over there and, and, you know, the issues and all of the different, you know, the the, the issues within even the different, um, you know, the different cultures within Afghanistan. And then in reading Imagine, I was like, wow, but this is how it could be as well. And how could we, you know, I don't know. I, I really loved putting them both together. So like I'm, plugging, a, I'm plugging both I of would, you.
2: I want to do a podcast and interview you guys. Because- <laughs> Because as the hairdresser, I have so many questions. <laughs> My
1: stories are very boring. He might have more interesting stories than me. <laughs> it was so beautiful. You can. Would you like to, you can close us out?
0: Well, just to thank you, I mean, is there? Can you tell us a little bit about how we can how people can um, contact you or or read your books? Or I mean, obviously, I mean, you're just all everywhere. But tell tell us what's the well, best. Well, I
2: mean, it. I have a website, deborrorodriguez and I'm on Instagram under deb d e b b underscore rod, and mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of anywhere. I'm and I love interacting. And I love, I mean, I love talking with people. I mean, we met on on Instagram, right? (laughs) Yes. I know it's so funny. It feels like you know people. I love Mm. meeting people. Mm. She's actually like
0: this. (laughs) This
2: is her. I love it. This is me all the time. So, yeah. So, I am, I am, I am somebody who will love to talk to anybody it's wonderful Mm. I love meeting people Mm.
1: yeah we are so appreciative of you meeting with us and we we got the I managed to get the time zone difference correct so I think I've done pretty well for my first one (laughs) I nearly had us a day out there at one point but I fixed it all back up together so thank you so much
0: wonderful first Episode, and you're just the perfect person to have. And that's so lovely to meet you.
1: Thank
2: you so much. This is amazing. I can't wait to share this with all my friends.
0: Fantastic.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Is that bye? Well, I
1: think that's bye.
2: bye. Bye.
1: If you enjoyed today's podcast of
2: Voices to Dream, please rate, follow, and share.